Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. I'm really excited to have Amy Harmon, licensed marriage and family therapist and certified eating disorder specialist back with me on the show. In our last episode, we talked about body image issues and had a great discussion about all the different ways that we're being assaulted about bodies and unhealthy messages about bodies. And in this episode, we promised you that we would bring you some very specific, actionable strategies that you can use to start to change your relationship with your body and perhaps stop fighting it and making peace with it so that you can heal and overcome a lot of the challenging and fraudulent messages about bodies. Amy is a great advocate for helping us recognize that since we're going to have a relationship with our body the rest of our lives, we might as well make peace with it. And I love the stuff that she shares, and I think you'll find it very helpful and really easy to implement. A lot of this stuff is stuff that you can just do immediately as you're listening to the podcast. So if you're wondering where to start, what to do, and you want to move out of the diet culture, fitness culture, all the obsession about bodies and what they're supposed to look like, and you just want to be at peace with your body, this episode is for you. So I'm not going to go on any longer. I want you to meet Amy and hear from her again. So here's the interview with Amy Harmon. Well, I'm really excited to have Amy have you back on the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Yeah, love to be here. So this episode is going to be more practical solutions and less about maybe the bigger picture. Obviously, we'll touch on that. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode where Amy and I talk a lot about the the kind of the the, the continuum of how how people experience negative body image and body shame and things like that. Please go back and listen to that because there's so much helpful stuff in there. We're talking about all, how this is created, how it's nurtured in us from a young age, even the the impact of pornography and how that affects a women's view of themselves and how they can start to really combat that. But now we're going to really give you some specific strategies and tools so that you can actually do something about it instead of just understanding it. So let's just dive right in. Just for a minute, can we just talk about perhaps what doesn't work? in terms of when people are aware that they have poor body image or that they are struggling with you know, a negative evaluation of their self, their body, what are some strategies that most, most people do that just really makes things harder on themselves? You know, it, it seems like the first thing that people turn to is, if I don't like my body, then I need to do something to change it. I need to fix it. Or if people are bullying me about my body, then if I change my body, then I won't have that problem anymore. And so really people grab for that quick fix, which is maybe I will go on a diet. Maybe I will buy a new outfit. Maybe I will go get a makeover. More extreme interventions might be plastic surgery. And what I have found over and over is that those are temporary fixes and those are quick fixes, but they do not solve body image issues in the long run. But the feedback is so immediate, I'm guessing. 
Yes. That, <laughs> and that's why people keep doing it. That, that is why it is a cycle is they get really great feedback um, and people give them lots of compliments. And so then they think, and then they think if, if they stop their diet and gain weight, then it's their own fault when really it's diet culture's fault. You know, diets really don't work for anybody. Um, so it's not your fault if you're gaining weight after being on a diet, but then, but then they do it again because they want that feedback. They want that quick fix and they're hoping that this will be the one that sticks. Right, right. And so there's there's this kind of this self-reinforcing cycle of a feedback loop, basically, where people are just, I feel bad about my body, and then all of a sudden I change it, then people say nice things about me, and that gives me a little mm -hmm. bit of a boost. And so I must be on I must be on the right track, right? And it's like Yeah. No, it's not. And they interpret issue. that oh, sorry for interrupting. You're fine, go ahead. They interpret that as positive body image. They think, oh, well, people are complimenting me, then I must have positive body image. I'm feeling good, so that must be positive body image. Right, right. Yep. And then there's the sneaky, you know, pictures on Instagram that you don't really, mm -hmm. you know, you're not really fishing for compliments, <laughs> but you kind of are, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there's a myriad of ways to get compliments nowadays. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. You used to have to just show up in the room and wear like, you know, an outfit that would show off all your hard work, right? But now you can <laughs> you can pose a thousand different ways and get compliments. So so yeah. you're saying like as far as a strategy, that's a that's the first place people go. It's the most common. And for for reasons that we talked about in the previous episode, you know, can you just review real quick why just why that ends up being so harmful? And because you know people would say like, well what's mm -hmm. what's the big deal, Amy? Like, I mean, losing 30 pounds, like, I mean, come on, aren't we supposed to be health conscious? Like why why would that as a strategy for body image issues, body negative body image, why would that be a problem? So the reason that's a problem is that we want, you know, as a therapist, I want for my clients to actually solve the issues that are contributing to the body image in the first place. And the issues that are contributing to their body image is not the way their body looks. And so if you are losing 30 pounds to solve your body image issues, I think that that's a temporary fix, but you haven't looked at all of the reasons below that that might be a contributor to why you, why you feel the need to change your body or why you need to seek approval from other people and those kinds of things that maybe need to be explored in a therapy setting. Right, because it's it's it seems so obvious, right? Like if if my body's like let's say out of shape, or I, I'm overweight, or I don't look like mm -hmm. I, you know, then I fix that, and that isn't the problem solved now. Now the body looks like it's supposed to, but it doesn't fix that for people because, like you're saying, I love that question of like, why do you, you know, there's an issue. Why do you care about what people think about your body? Mm -hmm. Right. That's mm -hmm. a. I mean, wow, that's a great question. Yeah. And, well, and the clients mm -hmm. that I see struggle with eating disorders. And the eating disorder is such that they will never be satisfied, especially those who develop anorexia. They might start thinking, oh, I just need to lose a couple pounds. But then when anorexia takes a hold, their anorexia is never satisfied with how much weight you lose. And right. so it just keeps going. Right. Okay. So focusing on the body as a solution to body image, negative body image 
it's obviously the wrong place to go, which is, again, it's so it's so counterintuitive, right? Because you're just thinking, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing I see with women that are dealing with uh, sexual betrayal. They think, well, my husband is looking at other women that are sexy, so I'll just be sexy. Or yes. he, he seems to like sex. Obviously, he's willing to do anything to get it. I'll just have more sex with him. And so, mm-hmm. and these things are not what they appear is what we're saying, right? They're not. Right. The, and that's why, obviously, if they if if having more sex or losing tons of weight would fix it, well, you and I wouldn't be having this discussion. Exactly. But that's just not the issue. as yeah, just as sexual addiction is not about sex, right? Body image is not about the body. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's, you know, so basically, a lot of people that have body image dissatisfaction or shame or whatever you want to call it, like a lot of people, like a lot of us sort of pulled into feeling maybe ashamed or embarrassed about the body, right? Like it's yeah. It's like making peace with the body is just understanding what its purpose is. And so so as mm-hmm. far as strategies, a lot of these strategies are really going to be around changing the framework around just what your body is and what it's designed to do and what it's there for mm-hmm. you, right? Is that is that where we're going mm-hmm. with this? Yes. Yes, and and you did come up with a practical solution right there when you said recognizing what the purpose of your body is. Because one of the things that I will work on my clients with is helping them understand that their body has a function and focusing on the function of your body over the appearance of your body. And so when we pay attention to, you know, what what can your body do? What does it do for you every day? That really helps take the focus off what it looks like and, and what the appearance is. Yeah, I love that. You know, last night we were at the lake, my wife, my daughter, and my wife my wife and I have uh we've read a lot of the blog posts and stuff from the Kite Sisters, Lindsay oh, yeah. and Kite yeah. from Beauty Redefined uh-huh. and love them. Just followed them for years and just love their stuff and 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 it's cool because I know that one of the twins, I think they were both swimmers and and they talked about their own battle with moving from using their bodies to swim and feeling strong and powerful in the water to becoming self-conscious about how they looked in their swimming suits, right? Mm-hmm. And they talk about that yeah. shift and, and, and then shifting back to just focusing on how it feels to be in the water, how it feels to be using your body. And mm-hmm. last night, there was just this, I, there's just this little kind of quiet victory that I, that I saw happening with my, my daughter gets out there and she's on the surfboard, she's wakeboarding, she's trying stuff out. Oh, cool taking risk, right? She's 11. She's just out there having a great time. Mm-hmm. And and my wife, when my daughter got back in the boat, my my daughter's taking off her life jacket and, and my wife says to her, hey, Miri, like, isn't it so cool what your body can do? Look at all the cool stuff you did out there. Jump in the wake, mm-hmm. holding onto the rope. Like you're just working so hard out there. Doesn't it feel good just to use your body? And that just flew out of my wife's mouth. And I just thought, Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. There was not one comment about how cute my daughter looked in her suit or how she yeah. looked out there, or whether she looked right or not. It had nothing to do. It was all about how it felt to be using the body as a tool to do cool stuff. Um, that is a huge win for your wife and for your daughter. I, I know. love that interaction. That is so cool. I know. I just was so thrilled to be there for that. And I haven't even said anything to my wife about it. I just reminds me I need to probably say, hey, high five. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. And Parenting uh, win. <laughs> exactly. I'll take it, right? <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. So let's let's jump into some other practical solutions, and you can certainly build more on this one we're talking about, or, or just jump in. I'm just gonna turn you loose here, and like, I know that we've come up. You you shared with me a bunch of different ideas, and I I would love for you to go through as many as you can in this time we have together, so that our listeners can have um, an arsenal of things that they can pull from to help them deal with you know the negative body image issues that may be coming up for them. Sure. Yeah. Let's let's go for it. I've got a lot of ideas. So the first one I think is maybe something that people are getting more cognizant of, and that is limiting your media intake and curating your social media. Mm. So the more messages you hear from this westernized culture about what an ideal body looks like, the more you're going to internalize those message, those messages. And that's why advertising works. I mean, people are in the ad business because advertising works. And those messages that you think aren't really getting to you really are <laughs> getting to you. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you have to, you have to be smart with it. And, and there are ways to increase your media literacy, like recognizing who's paying for that ad, why are they doing this? You know, different kinds of questions you can ask to pick apart the media, but ultimately limiting exposure is actually going to help you. So I don't have any fashion magazines in my house. I wish doctor's offices would stop putting magazines out for people to look at because studies have shown even after three minutes of looking at a magazine, like a fashion magazine or people magazine, women have lower rates of body image because they're already comparing themselves to those magazines. So don't even pick up the magazines. And then when you're on social media, you need to not follow those accounts that are perpetuating this idea of what beauty is and and what the beauty ideal is. And I think also, again, there's this awareness piece that we need to have that those social media pictures are just as airbrushed as the ones in the magazines a lot of times. Not not everyone does that, but a lot of people choose the right filter. There are apps that make it very easy to Photoshop your social media pictures. And there are certain accounts that are more about how they look than what they're doing. And so I'll encourage my my clients to follow accounts that really are more focused on acting and doing and appreciating the function of their bodies rather than just what their bodies look like. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so much is curated. It's it's uh we often just sort of think that, you know, major media companies are doing that, but it's it's individuals now that have the same tools available to them to right. um to make things look a certain way that they're seeing reflected in the larger culture. So yeah, it's and I, I love I love that. I want to go back to something you just said, Amy, where you said to be very deliberate about following accounts that focus on what the bodies can do versus what they look like. And I mm-hmm. think if you're honest with yourself, and I'm speaking to all the listeners out there, if you're if we're honest with ourselves, we know which ones those are. Yeah. <laughs> right? We do. I'll I'll sometimes have my clients, I'm like, show me, show me your that Instagram account, you know? And they'll say, Isn't it great, you know, that she's eating a donut? And I'm like, I guess that's great, but look at all the other pictures. Like every picture on there is her in a bikini. <laughs> right. So just because she eats a donut in one picture, I don't think makes her a positive body image account. 
Right. And sometimes, you know, we have to be really aware. And if you're having to make excuses for the account, right. And you're just kind of like, it's a guilty pleasure or it's not, it's harmless or Mm. you're, I just think that it's important to be really honest with yourself and and recognize that that may be feeding something. So Mm -hmm. just, just a little nudge there for all of you that might be in denial about that, because I think you're saying it's really, (laughs) it's, it's so pervasive that it it takes a lot of courage to unfollow and to just curate our own feeds so that we're not getting those messages. And I I would say men Mm -hmm. as well, right? Men and women just really be careful because this isn't just happening to women. Right. Exactly. It's definitely happening with men as well at an increasing rate for sure. Right. I, th- I hate and the I think, term. Sp- uh, f- is it fitspiration? Right. Oh, fitspiration is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so there's so much like what feels like just like me monster narcissism going on with these, which is supposed to be inspiring, but it usually makes people feel like crap. You know, interesting fact about fitspiration is it often looks very, very similar to pro Anna sites. And if you know what that is, that's, I don't. that's pro eating disorder sites. So Anna uh. stands for anorexia or pro Mia is for bulimia, but there, there are eating disorder. There's like eating disorder fitspiration basically, but fitspiration and pro Anna ads look very, very similar. And a lot of the fitspiration ads are just showing you one piece of a body. They're really objectifying the body in that ad by cutting off the head. So, you know, it boils a person down to their abs, you know, or, or something like that. So it really isn't, Fitspiration is not great for body image. <laughs> right. And I think people subscribe to it thinking it's going to motivate them, but it demotivates and actually creates more harm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to say more about the social media or should we move on to the next one? Let's move on to the next one. Okay. So another one that we kind of have already talked about is making sure that you are using positive coping skills for the underlying issues that are causing those body image problems for you. So instead of going to, you know, buy yourself a new outfit or starting a new diet, maybe try some other coping skills that will help you manage your emotions other than turning to those things. And this, again, goes to just making sure that you're in therapy dealing with those issues. Right. Instead of just having body-focused coping strategies. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So increase your toolbox, your coping skill toolbox. That will help a lot. And there are so many things, right, that you can do. Yes. So if you run (laughs) out of- Listen to music, talk to a friend. Yeah, yeah. All that. Yeah. Even if you just Google healthy coping skills, you'll find like 50 right away, right? There's so many. So awesome. Good. So another thing that I think is important to be aware of is fat phobia. Mm. And this is hugely prevalent in our society. And I think now, you know, we talk about, you know, sexism, you know, it's such a huge problem, you know, are these other issues that are problems for us. But what we're now hopefully maybe starting to address (laughs) is this fat phobia that people really do feel justified in treating people of larger bodies in a disrespectful way. Mm. They really feel justified in judging them, talking about them. They make assumptions about people in larger bodies like, oh, that person 
must be lazy or that person's probably stupid or they don't care about themselves or they're not trying hard or, you know, la, 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 la. And so, and they've even shown this out in studies that, you know, fat phobia exists. It exists in the workplace. It exists in the courtroom. It exists in dating. And we really need to address our own fears about fatness if we want to improve our body image. Because a lot of the things, the solutions, the quick fix solutions that people come up with for body image is losing weight. Right. And and that if you were to address this underlying fear of what would happen to you if you became fat, that would actually really get to some of those underlying issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sensing there could be a whole episode just on fat phobia, right? Like oh, this is yes. this is big. <laughs> In terms of what it's doing to our relationships and how we see other people and ourselves. And yeah, there's a mm-hmm. lot there. Yeah, there is. There's a lot there with fat phobia for sure. I will, I will say you can look at health at every size that if you Google health at every size, that will give you a good framework for addressing fat phobia. Okay. That's really helpful. So that's a website, health at. I think it's, yeah, health at. Every size. So H A E S that they often abbreviate it with H A E S. They'll call it the Haze movement. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So just Google that basically is there's plenty of stuff. Google on that. that. You will find all you need to find. <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. So another way to help with your body image is through positive affirmations. And I know this is something that people think is kind of boring and lame, but the truth is that positive affirmations actually do work. And the reason that I think these positive affirmations work is because the same reason that I think media should be limited. The more you see it, the more ingrained it becomes in your mind. And a lot of times shifting how you think about bodies and how you think about your own body is super important. So I'll have clients write positive affirmations on sticky notes. They can put them all over their mirror, you know, all over their room, in their car. Sometimes clients will make a whole list of positive affirmations and just keep it on their phone and read them every day. Sometimes they say it to themselves in their mirror. I know that I have a little mantra that I say to myself sometimes. And I just think it's important to to retrain the way we think about ourselves and the way we think about our bodies. Yeah, I love that because there's already mantras going through our minds if we're on Instagram or watching movies or things mm-hmm. like that, right? The messages are already being loaded. And so this really interrupts that. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that I think about, you know, speaking of the way we talk to ourselves is Think about talking to your body the way that you would talk to a friend. And, you know, there's this quote out there that says, if you talk to your friends the same way you talk to your body, you'd have no friends left at all. Right. And so I think, you know, it's just really important to to pay attention to our self-talk. How are you talking to yourself? How are you talking to your body? And can you change that conversation to be more positive and, and more helpful for you in that journey? Yeah, I love that. I mean, that, that gets back into that fat phobia thing where, you know, the, the messages mm. that we would never, never, ever say to somebody publicly, mm. we totally direct that right at our body parts that we don't like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. I love that. Talk to your body the way you would talk to a friend. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I will suggest to clients is to watch a baby or a small child enjoying their body. And we alluded to this, I think, in the last podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, But it really is important. And even I remember a time when my son, one of my sons was, I think he was around one, and he just figured out how to jump. And he was giggling and doing it over and over and over. He was so excited that both feet could leave the ground at the same time. And he just loved it. And I think if we kind of get back to what it was like to experience our body when we were younger, before all those messages really grabbed hold of us, I think we would be more interested and and more fascinated by all the amazing things that our bodies do. Oh, and children will just supply an endless amount of that, right? That's just what they do. They oh, live yes. They live in their bodies. It's just <laughs> like, I remember my daughter, I just have one daughter. I remember years ago when she was three or four, I don't remember how old she was, but she, she came running out of the bathroom so excited. And she says, dad, I'm 35. I'm 35. She was talking about the number on the scale. She just was so excited that she was she had seen this number and she just was like so stoked that like she was taking up 30, so you know, cute. Th- that she was taking up that much space. I just loved it. And I, I just thought, wow, uh-huh. I hope that that lasts forever. Cause that's that, that number. It's just, okay, that's my number. How yes. awesome. How fun. Right. <laughs> yes. I love that. We all need to think that way about our weight. <laughs> um, do you remember the scene? I don't know if you've seen that movie, Life is Beautiful from- Yes. Years and years ago, like 20 years ago. Do you remember the scene where he goes goes into that school with the school children and he's like just going off about how wonderful the body is and he's pointing to his belly button and walking around, moving his arms and all the hinges. And (laughs) there's just so much joy and delight in that. when When you're talking about this, I'm thinking about that scene in that movie and how just joyful he was making just the experience of being in a body. And it's just played up for comedy, but it's such a beautiful scene. That's awesome. I need to go back and watch that. I don't remember that. So I need to make a note to myself and like. Yeah, it'd be a good one to show in presentations or with a client. Exactly. Yeah, because it's so powerful. Yeah, so yeah. powerful. Thanks for the tip. Okay. Yeah, next one. <laughs> All right. Engage in joyful movement. This is my term that I use to replace the term exercise. Ooh, I, I think love when it. people when people think about exercise, they're thinking, oh, I have to go do this and this and this, and I'm going to get really sweaty and blah, blah, blah. And I'm only doing it because I want my body to be better. But if we really think about moving our bodies in ways that we actually enjoy, then I think that our health improves, like our physical health improves, but also our mental health improves. Like no one is going to feel like they have a well-rounded life if they feel like they're a slave to the treadmill. And so I really encourage people to think about ways to move their body that is enjoyable to them. What did you like doing as a child? If what you're doing is painful, then maybe that's not the best, you know, mode for you. Maybe that's not joyful. So, oh, I love that. I just, yeah, I just really think that that's, you know, another way to think about our bodies in a more positive lens. Yeah, what a powerful reframe. I'm waiting for the day when we can have an Olympic event called Joyful Movement. Right. And everybody oh, yeah. just goes out there and moves in a way that just feels great to them. <laughs> Let's invent that. I wonder if we could invent that. <laughs> I, think it, I think there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So another way that you can improve your body image is by just doing the thing. 
So yep. sometimes what happens is people think, oh, my body image is terrible. I'm not going to go to the party or I'm not going to wear that because it doesn't look as good on me as it does on her or as it does in the mannequin. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Just do it. Just put on the clothes and go see the people, go have fun, go to the party. And, you know, it requires practice. And if you're stuck at home, you know, avoiding people because you don't like your body, that's actually going to be, you know, another negative thing that you're going to end up having to deal with. And so just practicing being in your body and being in places that, it, you know, it might be uncomfortable, you might be a little bit self-conscious, but the more you practice that, the better you're going to get at getting outside of your body and getting over yourself and just enjoying, you know, all the other aspects of life that there, there are to enjoy. I remember years ago when I was, my boys were little, I would hold back at the pool because I didn't, I just had some body image issues around, you know, I felt like I had a mm -hmm. belly and I wasn't like kind of the dad bod thing, right? Like people say. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember asking my son just recently, I said, hey, son, because I was thinking about this. And I said, son, do you remember those times that I hung back on the, on the, at the swimming pool? And he was just like, yeah, I remember like you didn't get in the water a lot. And I said, and I said, you know why? And I, so I told him why. And I said, did my body ever bother you like swimming with you? He was like, he laughed. He's like, what? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like he just thought it was the craziest question. Cause I was telling myself like, oh, I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't take my shirt off. Shouldn't be in the water. You know, I feel insecure, but like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like the beach body thing, the dad body thing. Like every, every mm -hmm. body is a beach body. If you're on the beach, you have a beach body, right? right. If, you're, if you're a dad, right. every body's a dad bod. If you're a dad, like you just get the bee in right. your body, right? Like what are these stupid terms people come up with? And yeah. what I loved about it was just, you know, I was trying to have a conversation just to work through that with him and just say, like, look, part of it was an apology. Like, hey, I wish I would have spent more time with you guys in the pool as a kid. Like, I just regretted that. But also just, hey, be aware someday, son, that if your body doesn't look the way you think it should look, don't let that keep you from getting in the pool with your kids. Just have a great time because your kids don't care. Mm -hmm. They're not mm -hmm. like they want their parent. They don't care about their parent's body. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I have had, I love that, that you like worked on your own issues on your own. <laughs> like you were just kind of aware of that. I've had so many conversations like that with girlfriends who have been afraid of being in a swimsuit with their kids and, and then kind of just realizing, you know what, I just want to have fun with my kid. And if it requires a swimsuit, so be it. Totally. It's not the end of the world. Right. And not one kid is going to be like, oh, look at mom. <laughs> Right. Never. Yeah, no, they're just like, yeah, you're just my mom. Like, right. <laughs> and I'm so glad you're here. We're doing the thing. Like exactly. You said, so. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Another thing that can be helpful is to make sure that you develop an identity outside of your body. Yeah. So, you know, understanding what is my purpose in life? Like, what is my life's mission? What are your gifts and talents? You know, what are you passionate about? And kind of even making a list of this and, and writing down all the things that um, makes you, you. Mm -hmm. And maybe even thinking about things that people have complimented you on um, that haven't been your body and really identifying with those and understanding that there are those wonderful things about you that have nothing to do with what you looked like. If you were fatter, could you still, you know, serve your neighbor? Yes. You know, and just understanding that there are so many things that we have to offer in life and what we look like is really 
inconsequential mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's some good work right there, right? That's that's work for a lifetime to really keep refining that and mm-hmm. understanding that about yourself and separating that from how your body looks. Awesome suggestion. I love yeah. that. One way that I kind of fine tune that is I'll have people think about five people that they admire. And so they'll, they'll think, okay, who do I admire? You know, I give them some moments to think about the people that they admire and then maybe making a list of what they admire about them. And then I'll ask, okay, what do those people's bodies look like? Those people that are on your list that you most admire in life, what do their bodies look like? And usually they're not like supermodels, <laughs> right? They're, they're just average people with average bodies. A lot of times they're older people. And I think when we understand that the people we most admire in life aren't like this gorgeous bombshell, we can be more accepting of our own selves going forward. Right. And even if somebody does have, you know, the official body as it, as it were, yeah, my yeah. guess is that that's not why you admire them. Right. I don't think that anyone's saying, well, the reason I admire this person is because she's so, so skinny. Right. I don't think that ever makes the list. Right. Right. Or even Hugh Jackman, right? I mean, like, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot more to Hugh Jackman than his, his six pack. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Haven't you seen that guy sing? I mean, my goodness. Right. Like, I mean, there's just so many, (laughs) there's so many, we're we're so multidimensional that I love that, that suggestion that, you know, even if somebody happens to have the quote unquote official, perfect, whatever body that everybody says is in vogue now, but like their body is going to be probably toward the back if on the list, if not even on it at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. So any other, any other practical solutions? This is fantastic. So many great things here. I know. I feel like I've, I've given a lot. I don't want to like overwhelm your listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I guess we can slow down. Yeah, I I would just say, you know, the last thing that I remember, and maybe this is more for religious people who believe in life after death, Mm -hmm. that, you know, this life is not about achieving the perfect body. Right. We are mortals. We live in, you know, kind of these, these weird, imperfect bodies, and we're just doing the best we can. And our goal in life is really to make our inner selves amazing. And we can get distracted from that by focusing so much on our physical body. If we think that we have to make our physical body perfect, then we're missing the point. Right. The point is to make our inner selves as good as we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I love I love what you said at one point you said like, you know, we'll get a perfect body in the resurrection anyway, right? We'll we'll get issued one. Yes. And that's just an automatic, we don't have to do anything for that. So let's just work on the stuff we can do something about. <laughs> right. You get a perfect body. You don't have to do anything in this life to get a perfect body. You can be lazy your whole life and not do anything and you will still get a perfect body. You can even be, you know, be a bad person and get a perfect body. Right. Like that's just a given. And so, and I love, you know, I love the truth though that, you know, like you said, joyful movement, you know, feeling good, taking care of ourselves, using our bodies as instruments to 
-hmm. So we can think better. So we can take care of others. So we can take care of ourselves. Like the body will will serve us best. And those reasons for taking care of it by feeding it well and moving it and things Mm. like that, those things are all part of our mission, right? Our our purpose on the earth. But how Mm -hmm. it looks, how it looks can be so deceptively, right? Like it's seductive. Like that part can be like, but yeah, but if I do all these things, it'll look a certain way. Like, but it's not how it looks. It's what's what's what it's doing for us and helping us accomplish mm-hmm. the bigger mission. Right. And God doesn't care about that. He doesn't nope. really see see that part anyway. No. Yeah, for sure. No. And I, I think this is such an important reframe and and really it's a commitment. It's a lifetime commitment to come back to this on a regular basis, right? That's what you and I are talking about in our own lives. Even though we work with people mm-hmm. all the time where we're trying to teach these things. Everybody has to do this work. Nobody gets a pass on this. Mm, Yeah, it's true. I think we're all confronted with those issues. And hopefully we can understand how to, you know, move past that and not let, you know, those issues kind of distract us from our real purpose. Yeah. So you're on Instagram and uh, I'm guessing on your account, we're not going to find a bunch of objectification and body parts and stuff on there, right? <laughs> it's a pretty safe account to right. follow. Yes. I try to do all positive body image things. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking for a safe educational account to follow on Instagram, definitely encourage you to go follow Amy on there. Can you give them your Instagram account? Yes. My Instagram account is Amy Harmon LMFT. And that stands for Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, if you don't know that. So Amy Harmon, LMFT. And I will link that in the show notes so that you can go click on that and give her a follow and support the work that she's doing and also just get some great education. And then, of course, you'll be announcing other projects or other things that you're doing on there. So definitely encourage you to follow her because she's doing some great work in that area. So Amy, any closing words here for my audience here? You know... I just want everyone to know that we're all in this together. We all have, you know, negative body image, but, you know, kind of like we said, we can always be a little bit better and just keep, keep trying. There are a lot, there are lots of things that we can do with our lives other than that. Right. Right. It's just striving to like battle back the messages, striving to just see things clearly. And if you're still battling with this on a regular basis, you're not alone, right? That's really what I want people yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yes, you are not alone for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for making time to be here and inspiring all of us and yeah. sure appreciate all the work you're doing. You're welcome. I really appreciate you having me on, Jeff. If you want to connect with Amy and follow her work, you can find her on Instagram at Amy Harmon, L-M-F-T. That's A-M-Y-H-A-R-M-A-N-L-M-F-T. And she does a lot of posting on Instagram and has some great resources. And I believe she's even writing a book. I think she mentioned that in there. So follow her and you can find all the great stuff that she's doing. And she also has a website, which is reflectwholenesstherapy.com. She has a private practice in the Washington, D.C. area. And she just does such great work around helping people improve their body image. And she does a lot of speaking and a lot of teaching about this. So, And just a reminder to please share these episodes with anybody that uh, you know that is dealing with body image issues. Like I said last time, that's pretty much all of us. And so hopefully young people and old people and all of us in between can get this life-changing information. These messages that are body positive and are supportive and helpful and really changing the way that we see our relationship to our bodies 
can really change somebody's life. And so I hope that you'll pass this along and let people know about Amy and her great work and share these episodes with her. And of course, leave a like or a rating on iTunes or wherever you rate podcasts so that other people can find this information. I love doing this podcast, love sharing these things with you. Thank you for all of your support. And I look forward to joining with you in the next episode.